चैप्टर थर्टी टू इन क्वेस्ट ऑफ गुरु एंड गॉड फास्टिंग डिसअप्रूव्ड इन दिस चैप्टर हेमाडपन डिस्क्राइब्स टू थिंग्स फर्स्ट हाउ बाबा मेट हिज गुरु इन द वुड्स एंड थ्रू हिम गॉड and second how baba made mrs gokhale who had made up her mind to fast for 3 days eat puran podis preliminary in the beginning hemadpan describes the sansar that is the visible world by the allegory of ashvatha that is a banyan tree which has in the phraseology of the geeta roots above and the branches below its branches are spread downwards and upwards and are nourished by the gunas that is the qualities and its sprouts are the objects of the senses its roots leading to the actions are extended downwards to this world of men its form cannot be known in this world nor its end its beginning nor its support After cutting this Ashvatha tree of strong roots with a sharp weapon of non-attachment one should seek the path beyond treading where there is no return for traversing this path the help of a good guide that is a guru is absolutely necessary however learned a man may be or however deep his study of veda and vedanta that is sacred literature may be he cannot reach his destination safely if the guide be there to help him and show him the right way he would avoid pitfalls and the wild beasts on the journey move aside baba's experience in this matter through the story which he gave out himself is really wonderful which when attended to will give you faith devotion and salvation The quest Once four of us were studying religious scriptures and other books and being thus enlightened we began to discuss the nature of Brahma One of us said that we should raise the self with self efforts and not depend on others To this the second replied that he who controls his mind is blessed we should be free from thoughts and ideas and there is nothing in the world without us the third said that the world that is a phenomena is always changing the formless is eternal so we should discriminate between the unreal and the real and the fourth baba himself urged that bookish knowledge alone is worthless and added Let us do our prescribed duty and surrender our body, mind, and the five pranas, that is life, to the Guru's feet. Guru is God, all-pervading. To get this conviction, strong, unbounded faith is necessary. While discussing in this way, we four learned men began to ramble through the woods in quest of God. The three wanted to make the quest with their free and unaided intellect. On the way a vanzari that is a man who trades in certain things such as grain etc by carrying them on a bullock met us and asked us it is hot now where and how far are you going in the woods we replied he inquired 
on what quest are you bound we gave him an ambiguous and a evasive reply on seeing us rambling aimlessly he was moved and said without knowing the woods fully you should not wander at random if you want to walk through the forests and jungles you should take a guide with you why do you exert yourself unnecessarily during this hot noon sun you may not give out to me your secret of the quest still you can sit down eat bread drink water take rest and then go be always patient at heart though he spoke so tenderly we discarded his request and marched on we thought that we were self-contained men and needed nobody's help the woods were vast and trackless the trees therein grew so close and tall that the sun's rays could not penetrate to them so we lost our way and wandered here and there for a long time ultimately through sheer good luck we came back to the place from where we started the vanzari met us again and said by relying on your own cleverness you missed your way a guide is always necessary to show us the right way in small or great matters and no quest can be successfully carried out on an empty stomach unless god wills it no one meets us on the way do not discard offers of food served dish should not be thrust away offers of food should be regarded as auspicious signs of success on saying this he again offered us food and asked us to be calm and patient again my companions did not like the unsolicited hospitality and discarded his offer without doing any quest and without taking any food the three began to move out so obstinate were they i was hungry and thirsty and was moved by the vanzari's extraordinary love we thought ourselves very learned but were strangers to kindness the vanzari was a quiet illiterate and unqualified fellow and belonged to a low caste still he had love in his heart and asked us to eat the bread in this way he who loves others disinterestedly is really enlightened and i thought acceptance of his hospitality was the best beginning of getting knowledge so very respectfully i accepted the loaf of bread offered ate it drank water and then lo the guru came and stood before us what was the dispute about he asked and i told him everything that had happened then he said would you like to come with me i will show you what you want but he alone who believes in what i say will be successful the others did not agree to what he said and left him but i bowed to him reverently and accepted his dictum then he took me to a well tied my feet with a rope and hung me head downwards and feet up from a tree near the well i was suspended 3 feet above the water which i could not reach with my hands nor with my mouth after suspending me in this manner he went away no one knew where after 10 to 12 ghatkas that is 4 to 5 hours he returned and after taking me out quickly asked me how i fared in bliss supreme i was how can a fool like me describe the joy i experienced i replied on hearing my answer the guru was much pleased with me 
He drew me near him and stroking my head with his hand kept me with him. He took care of me as tenderly as a mother bird does of her young ones. He put me into his school. How beautiful it was. There I forgot my parents, all my attachments were snapped and I was liberated easily. I thought I should embrace him and keep staring at him always. If his image was not fixed in my eyes, I would rather go blind. Such was the school. No one who entered in once would return empty-handed. My guru became my all in all. My home, mother and father, everything. All my senses left their places and concentrated themselves in my eyes and my sight was centered on him. Thus, my guru was the sole object of my meditation and I was conscious of none else. While meditating on him, my mind and intellect were silent and I was thus to keep quiet and bow to him in silence. We think that the description of the hanging in upside down position in the well for 4 or 5 hours should not be taken too literally for no one can be at ease and feel bliss if he be suspended with a rope head down and feet up in a well for hours together this seems to be a figurative description of the trance or samadhi state there are two sorts of consciousness one sensual and second spiritual When our senses and mind which are created by God with an outgoing tendency meet their objects we get the sensual consciousness in which we feel pleasure or pain pure or mixed but not bliss supreme or happiness when the senses and the mind are withdrawn from their objects and are given opposite direction that is when they are introverted and fixed on the self we get the other that is spiritual consciousness in which we feel unalloyed joy or bliss which is ineffable the words in bliss supreme i was and how can i describe this joy i felt so that the guru put him in a trance and kept him above the waters of the restless senses and mind there are other schools where you see an altogether different spectacle The disciples go there to seek knowledge and spend their money, time and labor, but ultimately they don't gain much. The guru there boasts of his secret knowledge and his straightforwardness. He makes a show of his sacredness and holiness. He speaks a lot and sings his own glory, but his own words do not touch the disciples' heart and they are not convinced. So far as self-realization is concerned, he has not reached that. How can such schools be of any use to the disciples and how can they be benefited The master that's the guru mentioned above was of different type By his grace realization flashed upon me of itself without effort or study I had nothing to seek everything became to me as clear as broad daylight The guru alone knows how the inverse suspension with head down and feet up can give happiness among the four one was a karamkandi that is a ritualistic who only knew how to observe and abstain from certain rites the second was nyani who was puffed up with pride of knowledge and the third was a bhakt who surrendered himself completely to god believing that he was the sole doer when they were discussing and arguing the question of god came up 
and they depending on their unaided knowledge went in search of him sai who was discrimination and dispassion incarnate was one of the four on being himself brahma incarnate some may ask why did he mix with them and act foolishly he did this for setting an example to follow though an incarnation himself he respected a low vanzari by accepting his food with the firm belief that food is brahma and showed how those who rejected the vanzari's hospitable offer suffered and how it was impossible to get gnan without a guru the shruti that is tritiya upanishad exhorts us to honor and worship mother father and preceptor and to study learn and teach the sacred scriptures these are the means of purifying our minds and unless this purification is effected self realization is not possible neither the senses nor the mind and the intellect reach the self modes of proof such as perception and inference will not help in this matter it is the grace of the guru that counts the objects of our life such as dharma artha and kama are attainable with our effort but the fourth object that's moksha liberation can only be had with the help of the guru in the life story of shri sai many personalities appear and play their part astrologers come and give out their predictions princesses noblemen ordinary and poor men sanyasis yogis singers and others come for darshan even a mahar comes and making his salutation says sai is the mai bap that is the true parents who will do away with our rounds of birth and deaths so many others such as jugglers gondhares that is who sing devotional songs the blind and the lame nathpantis dancers and other players come and are given suitable reception the vanzari also appeared at the right time and played the part assigned to him let us now revert to the other story fasting and mrs gokhale baba never fasted himself nor did he allow others to do so the mind of the person who fasts is never at ease then how could he attain his paramartha that is goal of life god is not attained on an empty stomach first the soul has to be appeased if there be no food in the stomach and nutrition with what eyes should we see god with what tongue should we describe his greatness and with what ears should we hear the same in short when all our organs get their proper nutrition and are sound we can practice devotion and other sadhanas to attain god therefore neither fasting nor overeating is good moderation in diet is really wholesome both to the body and the mind one mrs gokhale came to shirdi with an introductory letter from mrs kashibai kanatkar a devotee of baba to dada kelkar she came to baba with a determination to sit at baba's feet and observe a 3 day fast the previous day baba said to dada kelkar that he would not allow his children to starve during the shivga that is holy holidays and if they had to starve why was he there next day when the woman went to dada kelkar and sat at baba's feet baba at once said to her where is the necessity of fasting go to dada bhat's house prepare the dish of puran poi's 
wheat rotis with gram flour and jaggery. Feed his children and yourself too. Shimga holidays were on. Mrs. Kelkar was then going through her menses, and there was nobody to cook in Dada Bhat's house. So Baba's advice was very timely. Then Mrs. Gokhale had to go to Dada Bhat's house and prepare the dish, as directed. She cooked that day, fed others, and herself. What a good story, and how beautiful its import. Baba's Sarkar. Baba gave a story of his boyhood as follows: When I was a youngster, I was in search of bread and went to Bid. There I got embroidery work. I worked hard, sparing no pains. The employer was very much pleased with me. Three other boys worked before me. The first got rupees fifty, the second rupees hundred, the third rupees one fifty, and I was given twice the total of this amount. That is rupees six hundred. On seeing the cleverness, the employer loved me, praised me, and honored me with a full dress, a turban for the head, and a shela for the body, etc. I kept this dress intact without using it. I thought that what a man might give does not last long, and it is always imperfect. But what my sarkar, that is God, gives, lasts to the end of time. No other gift from any man can be compared to his. My sarkar says, "Take, take," but everybody comes to me and says, "Give, give." Nobody attends carefully to the meaning of what I say. My sarkar's treasury, that is spiritual wealth, is full. It is overflowing. I say, "Dig out and take away his wealth in cartloads." The blessed son of a true mother should fill himself with this wealth. The skill of my fakir, the lila of my lord, and the aptitude of my sarkar is quite unique. What about me? Body, earth, will mix with earth. Breath with air. This time won't come again. No matter where I go or where I sit, Maya always troubles me much. Still, I am always anxious for my men. He who does anything, spiritual endeavor, will reap its fruits, and he who remembers these words of mine will get invaluable happiness. Bow to Shri Sai. Peace to all. Om Sai Ram.